Hello, and welcome back to Making an Artist. I'm your host, Shanna Shrum, creator, coach, and pottier. We have a fab show for you today, but first, a little potty business. There are a few spots available for Potty Class, an online creative coaching group for women-identified creatives. If you have an idea that's been bouncing around in your head, or maybe you need accountability to finish a project in progress, Potty Class is for you. Sessions start September 22nd on Google Hangout. Visit lifeofthepotty.com to sign up. On today's episode, we have Sarah Azuzi, co-owner of Lost Girls Vintage, and in it, we talk about what it's like to be a bossy girl turned girl boss, fashion as a daily creative outlet, and becoming vulnerable enough to wake up. Enjoy. I get really distracted by cats. Well, I'm going to need you to focus on the creative process. Cool. Okay. (laughs) I am here. I am focused. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Who are you? I am a person. Well, tell people your name. So Uh, so they're like, who the fuck is talking? My name is Sarah Azuzi. Mm -hmm. I am a person. (laughs) I'm glad we've established that here on this podcast. I was born in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Whereabouts in Africa? Morocco. Okay. And how old were you when you came over to the States? I think one. Like, my parents say that I was under a year old. But there's a photo of me with my first day in America. Uh-huh. I feel like I look older than one. You look really mature in that photo. Maybe we'll link to it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating French fries. It was my first American food. I oh, love French fries. My. I feel like we could have a whole podcast about that moment. Yeah. I feel like we could have a whole episode. <laughs> Do you, you, don't, you don't have any memories of that because you were so young, right? Upcoming? Mm, no. No. Um, no. I don't have a lot of memories of childhood. Locked them all out. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're all... Uh, I have a couple. I was like... I was a tyrant. I was the worst child. It's probably why I don't want kids. <gasps> didn't you, like... Didn't you tell me a story once where you, like, flip, were flipping over tables and stuff? So my parents would have told me that I used to um, move furniture around a Aggressively? Lot. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> A very strong adult, and I was a very you strong are child. Wildly strong. <laughs> you are wildly strong. Well, there's. Um, I used to move furniture when I was a kid, and no one would come over because I was too much of a child. I was like too loud and too aggressive, Ooh. and no one was allowed to talk while I was watching TV. Otherwise, oh. I would punch them. You were a tyrant. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the legit dictionary. Like they're Buster's. like Sarah Zuzi. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a six-year-old. Yeah. Well, what do you feel like changed for you to out of being a tyrant? Like, I, was it just maturing out of it, or I you're... think I'm a tyrant. But you, um, you are a more delicate tyrant these days. <laughs> I don't hit my friends anymore. You're right. No. I respect some boundaries, not a lot. I used to hit my friends like growing up. Ask my friends. Oh my goodness. There would be times that I would joke or someone would joke and then you'd like jokingly punch them but Uh my joking punches were like I think you did actually do that to me once and it was painful (laughs) yeah but it was a long time ago and yeah you're like um you don't know your own strength you didn't know your own strength yeah I'm like Lenny from yes that's exactly the vision I'm the giant you like killed all the bunnies or something oh my god (laughs) 
please clip back to how I watched this kitty in the corner <laughs> hiding yeah. behind the plants. I couldn't gain Sarah's attention earlier because she was too busy staring at the gentle kitty in the corner. It's so cute. But do you think, like, do you think kind of being an artist and any of that has ever, like, shifted your intensity in that way? Has it helped? Um, I feel like art has always been the thing that could keep my attention the longest. So it was like if my parents gave me crayons or a coloring book or Uh paint or I was quiet and I was focused and I had to do this thing. And so that was the thing that like I continued to do. Mm -hmm. So they encourage your artistry in in that way or what? Otherwise, I was gonna. I was crazy. Gonna throw things around. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna burn down the house. You little fire starter. Oh, I didn't start fires. I was okay. just loud. I definitely played with fire when I was a kid. Got caught a couple times. Oh, I just like. I've always liked fire. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I. I didn't really like fire. I. I like dirt. Mm-hmm. Art. TV. <laughs> I'm like trying to think of my childhood. I was edits. a TV head. Like. Same extraordinaire yeah i watched too much tv oh way too like i it was it was just the constant thing i always was it an escapism for you because i feel like it was for me yeah yeah there's like i mean their early childhood was fine Uh but later on it became a little harder Mm -hmm. but it was definitely escapism in that like same with art same Mm -hmm. with books same Mm -hmm. with the internet like it settled you yeah yeah so you grew up in maine well, the real story, the oh, real long story. After six years of friendship, I get the real story. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Only for the podcast. Okay, good. So I was born in Morocco. Mm-hmm. And then my family, my mom came over with me and we lived in D.C. with my dad. Oh, okay. We lived there until I, I was 12. But by D.C., I mean D.C., Virginia, uh, mm-hmm. Maryland. Yeah. And we moved, like, so we moved a lot. Mm. I lived, like, after after I was, like, six or seven, we moved every two years at least. Oh, God. Yeah, it was really bad. But I was able to make friends really quickly. Like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was, like... Do you oh, think you developed those skills because you were moving, though? I like, think I had to. Otherwise, I wasn't going to yeah. have any friends. Like, they weren't inherent. It was something you had to hone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving around every couple years. Yeah, so we moved around every couple years. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was 8, 9, 10, something like that. Yeah. It was very long. It was very messy. It was not Ooh. good. It was a lot of, like, it was a lot of me seeing my parents not being parents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had a, I have a little sister. Mm-hmm. And so... Who's also an artist. Yes, she is also an artist. Actually, a lot of our family are really? artists. Mm-hmm. It's genetic. Do you think so? Well, I think everyone's an artist. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's making something, yeah. whether we our society deems it art or not. Yeah. Um, and I also think people are, unfortunately, very good at burying their artists and not letting them out. Yeah. There's that Picasso quote. That everyone is born an artist and mm-hmm. whether you every child is an artist I think and then whether you keep it or not is up yes. to you yes yes and I also think that with dancing everyone mm-hmm. every child is a dancer until we like 
shame it out of them. I got kicked out of ballet. Well, <laughs> thanks for illustrating my fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> so perfectly. You got kicked out of ballet because I was too uh, bossy. Wait, what? I got kicked out of ballet because I was too bossy as a child. You were... Hold on. I'm a little stuck on... Because bossy is also, like, a term that's assigned a lot to, like, little girls. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was the bossiest child you'll ever meet. But, like, getting kicked out of something for being bossy? I was bossy because I wouldn't let the teacher teach. I knew how to do everything. Oh, you little egocentric shit. Yep. (laughs) It took a really, really long time for me to let people to let people teach me. Like I, it, it was uh, it was something that I had to learn. When did that start to like sink in for you? Do you remember there being like a kind of a catalytic moment? How or- old am I? <laughs> it was like three years ago. <laughs> You're like, when I was 27. When I was 27, I decided, oh, I don't know everything, and I should start letting people start learning from others. Well, t- okay. I'm not joking. I, no, I know. I want long. you to tell me about it. When I when I was in kindergarten, mm-hmm. my teacher told my mom mm-hmm. that I was a very bossy kid. Okay. So instead of, like, shutting it down, she made me her assistant. Wait, your mom did? No, the teacher. Oh, the teacher teacher did. Oh, smart. Yeah. Yeah, she gave your, um, she gave that part of you the job that it needed. She gave me power, and that was her mistake. No, no, no. That was the right thing to do. Right. Well, because this this is something, well, we both used to be nannies. Uh Uh-huh. And something that I had always noticed about kids is the thing that made them hard children was probably the thing that was going to make them really successful adults. Mm -hmm. And you're actually, like, a girl boss now. As well, and you do it in a very artistic I'm way. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you do it in a very artistic way, and yeah. like, I'm, in, you know, I'm interested. Okay, so I want to go back to like 27 and realizing that you need to learn some shit. I, 27 is such a. It's a pivotal year for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it was 26. I'm not sure exactly. I'm it's not, that like, whole. It's I, like mid 20s. That Something was the year I quit 20s. my corporate job. Like that's the year that like everybody's shifting around and, and kind of coming more into their own. And learning yeah. and, and learning things and opening up or closing down. I think that's it's. That's it was like post college, after my second relationship, mm-hmm. I was thinking about how how like I, I didn't know everything and I wanted to learn more and grow mm-hmm. more as a person. Mm-hmm. And we went. Kyla and I went. Kyla's my business partner. Right. We haven't even gotten to like your business. I know. We're gonna get there. So Kyla, business <laughs> partner, one of my best friends. She and I went on a road trip. A cross-country road trip uh-huh. in an ice cream truck that our right. friends let us borrow. Right, right, right. And we were just talking. And I think that road trip is, like, one of the things that changed me the most. Mm. We talked. We When we drive... Well, there's tons of space and time to fill. Yeah, and we don't listen to music. So let's tell everybody what you do, though, real quick. Oh, yeah. Let's make them guess for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> what do you think it is? No. <laughs> The answer. So Sarah and her partner Kyla own a mobile vintage shop called Lost Girls Vintage. So you were on this trip three years ago driving around in an ice cream truck selling vintage clothes that you both had curated together, correct? Yes. Okay, great. Now carry on. You're filling space and time with... With conversation and meanwhile we're driving around, like driving across the country. We drove from Chicago to LA. Okay. That's a short jaunt. I mean, that's like a trip to the grocery store. I know. (laughs) That's 
That's what I say when people are like driving from Maine to New York. And yeah. I was like, that's just six hours. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Or like, I'm going to a wedding in October. And I was like, it's just 12 hours. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And do it on my no, head. No one else thinks yeah. that way. Now that you've been crisscrossing the country in a vintage mobile shop. Yeah. I can't drive over 55 miles per hour. <laughs> so you're on this trip, though. And what was pivotal for you on it? We're just so small. Oh, yeah. We are so small compared to everything mm. out there. And there is just us. And it's just our, like... Our life is just our life and our perspective is just our perspective and every single other person is living their own life through their perspective and it's just this like everyone has their own bubble of a life and it's crazy when you think about it and I promise I didn't smoke any weed. No, you had an awakening. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that and is. And I was like, I want to learn more from people. Yeah. I, they have so much to teach me. Teach me about your culture. Teach me about your world. Teach me about your life. What's your perspective? Mm. How does this make you feel? What does your soul tell you to do? It was like your ego kind of died a little bit. Yeah. It probably needed to. Everybody's does to. Definitely needed to. (laughs) I I mean, I think the idea of ego ego and being humble is Mm -hmm. so important. And it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's just something to like really think about. And I don't know why... I think it was like a protective thing before. Like I was oh, trying 100%. to protect myself. Mm-hmm. Defense but, mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now it's kind of shifted and I feel like being the most vulnerable is the best way to live my true life. Mm-hmm. 100%. For me. So you decided to take off your armor. Um, yeah. And it's been painful. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, it's been a, a challenging ride. In that regard. Yeah. 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 Hi, do you like what you're hearing? If so, swing on by patreon.com backslash life of the potty and become a patron. This is a listener supported podcast. So any amount you can support making an artist with is enough and greatly appreciated. If you can't become a patron right now, please rate, review, and share your favorite episodes so we can keep the conversation going. Thank you and potty. Let's go back to where you started as an artist, because I love that, like, first of all, your parents figured out that, like, if we just gave this child some fucking paint, they'll, she'll, like, let us, leave us alone, like, let us eat dinner. Yeah. And then, but then that ended up, you ended up going to art school. Yes. And you went to the School of the Art Institute, correct? Yes. And what, how did you get there? Because you were all the way up in Maine at that point, right? You went to high school in Maine. Yeah. I okay. felt like I needed to get the F out of Maine. Well, why was that? It felt too small, mm-hmm. which is funny because I love Maine so much now. I love Missouri, but and it's fucking small. It's it was so small, and I mm-hmm. and I just couldn't be there anymore. Yeah, like you had I, a hunger for something else. So I applied to eleven colleges. Whoa. I know. Gosh, overachiever hashtag. Yeah, it it wasn't overachieving. I just wanted to make sure I got into the best place that I could get into. Which is what overachievers do. Anyway, go ahead. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. They hedge their bets by trying a lot of things. (laughs) Um, I'm also from a uh, pretty poor family. Okay. So I was lucky enough that my school allowed me, gave me um, thing 
I, I wasn't charged application fees, so there was oh. no harm in me trying. Okay. I love that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a barrier there when it's $35 or $50 a fucking application. Yeah. Like, you can't apply to all the schools that you would like to apply to. Exactly. Yeah. So I applied to a lot. The big beef about college and how expensive it is. I love college, though. I love education, but. Very expensive. I think I've said that like 10 times on this podcast. <laughs> I think I would like to tell everyone that I was not a good student. At Art Institute or in high school or both? In high school. Okay. I was not a good student. Mm -hmm. I didn't do well. I was really depressed mm -hmm. and sad during high school. Um, pretty suicidal. Oh. And it was not great. Mm. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're still here. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's something that I knew that I needed to leave mm -hmm. so I could be better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just, I picked the school that was furthest away. Did you apply to all art schools or just schools with good art programs? Yeah. yeah. I applied to um, Pratt and a couple of other schools in New York, a couple of schools in Massachusetts, uh, Chicago. For some reason, I didn't do any uh, West Coast schools. I feel like that was maybe too far away. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. I agree. I mean, I totally know what you're talking about. Because you're ready to, like, make a jump, but you didn't know to, like, what extent. Yeah. You could fly away, right? How far. Yeah. So you go to the Art Institute. How is that? I think you're the first person on that went to the Art Institute here. That's surprising because it feels like everyone I know. I actually was thinking there. about that earlier, and I was like, is she the first one that's coming on that's been to the... The Art Institute here? Do carry on. Tell us what that was like. The proper name. I'm going to get real snooty. Oh, my God. Please. Uh, the proper name for the school is the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Mm -hmm. It is one of the strongest art programs in the country. Mm -hmm. So did you did you pay your way through school? Are you still paying your way through school? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Uh -huh. Good to know. Uh, um, that's where my beef comes in. Because you're like 30 years old. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, why is school that expensive? It's not necessary. Anyway. I got a lot of grants. That's wonderful. I'm happy for you about that. I got some scholarships. Yeah, you did, because you're a smart bitch. <laughs> and then I got uh, a shit ton of loans. Yeah, oh, I don't like that yet. But, yeah. <laughs> but, so you went, and what was your focus? Fashion design, hat making, and fibers. Oh, my God. <laughs> like... First of all, I didn't even know what fibers was. Like, I was like, you mean fibroids? But no, <laughs> fibers. Fibers. Tell yeah. people what fibers are. I think it's really cool, actually. It's the shit your clothes are made out of. But, like, but so it's yeah. like um, embroidery. Yes. Crochet, dyeing, yeah. textile, like textile, textile manipula art. Yeah. yeah. Manipulation. It's really cool. Mm hmm. And millinery is hat making. Hat making. And when I first met you, you were still making hats. I was. Yeah. yeah. And then fashion. And what was that fashion program like? So I w didn't do the program because mm -hmm. I decided that I wanted to focus on more of the elective sides. Right. So, which you can do there. Like you can kind of do yeah. whatever you want, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yes. It yeah. is very cool. You can like mix and match and... Because that that's the thing too that with artistry, with art, is that people want to say, oh, you're just a singer or oh, you're just, you know... Yeah. A, oh, you just a, paint. A cross stitch. But it's like usually artists and actually usually everyone is very good at many things. Yeah. But we have this like very singular, like narrow view of what people are allowed to 
do. Right. And what I love about what you've done is I feel like you've kind of like taken everything that you like know and then like funneled it into this business. You curate essentially works of art on people's bodies. That's cute. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> because I've gone into your shop. First of all, your shop, which is where? Uh, in Humboldt Park. In Humboldt Park. At Inside of Humboldt House. Humboldt House. And we'll link to all that stuff. Okay. But when I walked into your shop, I was like, oh my God, it's just, it's a whole comprehensive like feeling in there. Yeah. It feels like a collection, which yeah. is something that we really strive to do. But one of the things, everyone's required to study art history. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Tell me more. So, That's so fascinating. And so you have to have a background in art history to learn, to know more about art and like where different origins came from. Um, and I mostly focused on fashion art history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love old garments. Ooh. And the hats were traditionally hats were worn hats haven't really been worn more recently like not not, not daily not, yeah yeah not in the way that they were right where they were like statement pieces they were part of your outfit yeah they were part of your personality i think yeah, yeah. so that connects with the vintage part of it um and just like loving loving fashion so much and what did you love about it it's a creative outlet that you can use every day Ooh, and it's it, yes. it becomes it's like a puzzle that and you're it's putting like together. Kind of necessary because you have to put clothes on because like you will get arrested if you yeah. walk outside without yeah. them. You can consciously make a choice to wear something more artistic or bolder or, or representative of who you are. Right, right. And I think a lot of times I view what I wear as a costume or like a persona that I'm trying to. On. I think that's why we're such good friends. <laughs> <laughs> I dress in themes. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like. That's and why I, I love theme parties so me, much. Same. Yeah, dressing in themes mm-hmm. and kind of like almost allowing your clothes in a way to dictate how you feel that day. Yeah. Or to be reflective of how you feel that day, right? Right. Tell me more about that. Well, today I went and saw two storefronts, mm-hmm. and I wanted to look. I want it to look like I could afford a fucking storefront. Okay. Yeah, you do. Thanks. <laughs> I can let you rent me. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to appear that I worked in the fashion industry and mm-hmm. that I am mature enough to have a storefront. You're communicating through your clothes. Just like how businessmen wear business suits every day because they're going to do business. Yeah. But this is my business suit. Like, uh-huh. I have to wear something that's fashion forward and mm-hmm. reflective on who I am. And, like, if I were a slob and I went and looked at a store, there's no way that that realtor is going to put in a good word to the building owner and be like, yeah, I met her. She seems cool. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it adds to um, the bravery, the courage, the... It's the like, armor. Yeah. It's yeah. your armor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. Mm-hmm. I think you have a lot of fun with fashion. I love like the way that, well, let me, let me backtrack and remember when I went to Argentina? Oh yeah. And you came over to my apartment and this yeah. is, this is where I was like, art was happening in that moment. Yeah. Because we needed to come up with your Argentinian persona and you were a white woman going on a safari trip. With your loose jeans and your thick brown belt, white tank top, scarf was the thing that needed to be added. And then comfortable shoes that 
matched the belt. And you, yeah, because we needed function. I remember the outfit. Oh, I know. I remember, because I, I got photographed in it, like, against a graffiti wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you came over, and what I also thought was really cool about it is that you pulled from, if anyone's wondering what that sound is, it's a dog eating a Nyla bone. <laughs> He's having a really great time. I know. I'm not going to take it away from him. Everyone's just going to have to deal with it. The cat is sleeping on his back, <laughs> and it's so cute, and I've been trying not to get distracted. But I know. Focus always... on me. Look mm-hmm. at my eyes. Look at my eyes. Look at my goddamn eyes. Okay. You came over and you and I was like, I don't know what to pack. I only have a carry on. I'm going to Argentina for like a week, and you took ev- like I didn't buy anything. You just took everything from my closet and built out this like look, a daily look every day that was like comfortable and functional and cute, and like I just thought that I was fascinated because I was like, oh, I, I, I was. You were putting things together in my in my closet that I'd never worn together, and you were literally like, what's old is new. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I think everyone should challenge themselves. Like, give yourself a day off and mm-hmm. then put... This is why my room is a mess. Put on one piece of clothing. Like, put a top or a bottom on. And then try on all of your shirts with it. Ooh. And then, like, even if you don't think it'll match, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And then see what that works how that works and then you could probably you are more likely to find something that is new like a new outfit for Mm -hmm. you to go to you're like I've never paired this This together yeah but it works really well and you feel like hot shit and you haven't spent any money Mm -hmm. that's the thing well and here's the other thing that I think is really cool about what you do is basically like you are recycling clothes yeah that's something that is so important that we don't talk about as much and I think Lost Girls should actually make that like we're, we've been trying to figure out what our mission statement is like we know what we are like mm-hmm. in our soul mm-hmm, we know mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. we are but like nailing it down which is something super important every artist and business should do yeah when we first started and I was talking to my best friend from home and she was like think about when you first started you were just selling clothes. You wanted to just, like, sell things you loved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so, that you thought were pretty and yeah. evoked something or a feeling or whatever. But now the business has become so much more than we could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for us to pause and, like, think about what it means to us. I think that's a great idea. I think that's something that a lot of people would benefit from doing. Even if it's just in their own personal artistry or if it's in their business or both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard. But the, um, the eco factor of recycled clothing mm-hmm. is so important. Like, the amount of clothing that goes into a landfill Ugh. is absurd. Fast fashion is killing the environment. Yeah. The and dyes. The... Yeah. All and it's, the um, resources that are used. And the easiest way... Is to stop buying it. Yeah. What we do is we find pieces that people don't want anymore, mm-hmm. and we make it so they want them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when you style something differently, yes, exactly like you did in my closet. Yes, and when you pair it with something else, or when you show that like this oversized windbreaker would actually be fantastic if you altered it a little bit and then um zip it all the way up and wear it as a dress oh my god totally yes 
you'll see the outfit that I'm wearing tonight. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's a camo dress. That's Very actually a jacket. Oh, I love a jacket dress. Give it to me. I'm super excited about it's, it. I love that eco aspect of, of your business and of your art. And I also have to take a moment and be like, the time traveling aspect of it. So I grew up, I had a grandmother who um, was alive during like World War II and mm-hmm. was like courting and dating my grandfather at that time. And my grandfather was a um, amateur photographer. Mm-hmm. So there's all these like beautiful black and white photos of them with, and her with like stoles and mufflers and those pillbox hats and all the things. And Muffs. like mu- muffs. Tough muffs. I just thrifted one. <laughs> you just thrifted a muff? That's uh-huh. amazing. So, but that, I feel like it really informed my aesthetic. Like, watching yeah. it, like, looking at that as a child and thinking about my grandmother as a young person. And I've really been drawn to that, you know, 40s pinup aesthetic a lot. Yeah. As, a, as, a, as an older, as an adult. Yes. And I do feel like I'm kind of like coming into contact with her. She's no longer here. Yeah. And I feel like I'm coming into contact with her like anytime I throw a victory roll on my hair. Yeah. Or anytime I like wear like a halter dress or you know what I mean? Like. Right. Yeah. Like the stories that that those pieces have I think is really cool. I think so too. And they're also made better. Oh my God. Legit. Yeah. I have a vintage red and white Mm moo that... I've had since college, so probably close to like 16 years old. Yep. The color on it has not faded. And it gets washed like in the regular. Yeah. And it's just the quality, the story. Like, I also love touching old garments and thinking about like everyone that's ever worn them and like where where and what they've seen. I think, I think you're one of the really few cool people that. that like is okay with that. <laughs> I think the idea of touching it, a garment and being like, how many people have worn this? How many dead skin cells? Are no, on this? I don't think about it that way. I think about their lives. I yeah. think about like, was this person happy when they wore this? Was it, were they like, you know, where did they wear it to? Was it a party they were excited to go to? Like, right. that's what I think is super cool about vintage and recycled fashion. I like that wedding dresses. And we don't sell a lot <gasps> yes. of wedding dresses, but. I can't not have one, have them when I find them. Yeah, like you need to bring, you guys just had a big haul, right? Yeah, we bought so much stuff in the What's last... that feel like when you get, like, when you find the, like, item that just, like, speaks to you? In, like, when you find it in, like, Iowa or something? Like... Um, well, there's, okay, so there are a couple of different very fun aspects. Mm-hmm. I got a call from a friend and she said that they were clearing out someone's house. Mm-hmm. And she said that she has about 50 to 70 dresses for me. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool. Normally people say this and they're not cool dresses or right. they're all from the 80s. And like, they're like holes in them or whatever. Or they're not just like, they're just like frumpy. Yeah. And we go and they're so cool. They were so cool. We were like looking through the rack and they were just like, oh, to every single dress. It's like a treasure. Like it's like getting treasure. Yeah. You're, that's... you're like clothes pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you a pack. Clothes pirates. There's just doing this is like an addiction. And I was talking to Kyla about this and 
when you thrift all the time or when you're at a private buy or when you're out shopping all the time, it's like this continuous high. Mm. And when you find something, it's like you found something great. And it, it does give you a high. Normally, like I've gotten very good at controlling it because mm-hmm. I only buy when we need stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now we're trying to stock up for like for Renegade. Okay. Renegade Craft, which is coming out. Yeah, September 8th and 9th. Okay, great. So you guys can see Lost Girl Vintage there. Yep. And then? Um, and so we have to buy like an entire new store's worth of inventory. Oh my god. Because we can't take anything out of Humboldt House. We would like it oh, to stay fully right. stocked. So because you have clients coming through there all the time. Right. So I essentially have to stock a new store. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, great, I get to go and spend a ton of money and buy a lot of stuff but it's been three weeks of me shopping almost every day right and it's literally shop till you drop did i just say it i did (laughs) next we're gonna say i have a passion for fashion (laughs) oh god (laughs) and it's it's great because we've literally been traveling from state to state buying stuff Mm -hmm. and it's really exciting it just is like it's uh it's a buzz. You're like constantly buzzing from it. And so if I'm not shopping then I it's like what is my purpose in life? I just want I just want to buzz again. Oh, it's kind of like it's yeah. an addiction. Well, I think that's kind of the way with a lot of creative practices and processes though because it's like when you finish that project, you're like, when's the next one? Like, when's oh, the yeah, next? You know yeah. what I mean? What's like, next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Well, what's that's, next? That's, I do that with the business aspect of it either. Yeah. It drives Kyla oh, crazy. honey, I hear you. Like, what is yeah. next? What is next? Instead of just being like, what's now? Yeah. Now that we've completed one major thing, mm-hmm. what else are we going to do? I've been thinking about that a lot lately about... Um, about accomplishments Mm -hmm. and because you know like everyone's always like celebrate your accomplishments but the word that just popped into my head today when I was thinking about it was it was like am I honoring my accomplishments Mm -hmm. enough I think the answer this week would be no but check in with me after the labor day (laughs) Uh, non-labor labor day yeah what more potty in your life Head on over to lifeofthepotty.com and sign up to receive the potty report. It's a super fun newsletter that will keep you knee deep in potty knowledge and goings on. We've always got fun things in the works and you're invited to all of it. Do you have a creative practice outside of business in which you're, you know? Um, I do some photography. Oh, right. That's right. You do totally do photography. You just like beautiful things. This is the thing I've known about you, is you're very, like, you want things to be, like, fun and beautiful. Am I am I hitting yeah. the nail on the head yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. pretty much what it is. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. I like, I like pretty things, and I want life to be enjoyable. I don't know if you noticed that about me, but I have very similar goals and aspirations. Yes. <laughs> aspirations. So, I moved into a new apartment, mm-hmm. and for three weeks I was like it has to be perfect it needs to be perfect and then in three weeks it was perfect and then I was like great now that's done what do I do next right again it's constantly like chasing that next high yeah like what do I do next what do I do next so what did you do next what did I do next and your apartment is really cute thank you you're welcome it's Uh, literally it's very apartment therapy grammable like it's really cute lots of plants 
Lots of wicker. It's very boho chic. Yeah. It's cute. Nike asked me to be a part of Air Society this right. summer. Right. So that was what was next. So oh, I got okay. very distracted by that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what Air Society is, is a group of badass women in different cities around the country. Mm-hmm. Just spending time together and, like, doing self-care stuff. I mean, self-care stuff. I know. Can, how do I get Nike Air Society? <laughs> And they just, like, threw, like, brunches and self-carry stuff for you guys. And, like, uh, the women apparently were all amazing. And yeah. And all had their own thing going, right? Yes, like, yeah. So it was a group of women, and they were all amazing um, women of different backgrounds and different physical fitness levels. I love which, it. Great. Um, and... Because you can be an athlete. I, I believe you can be an athlete at, like, almost any size. I... Agree with that. Mm-hmm. I get really worried because I get concerned because I am not the most athletic person. Um, I think that is something that I need to get out of my head because I think now I'm a I was very say, athletic. That sounds per- like a negative core belief to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's a thing when most of your life you've spent it thinking that you weren't athletic. Well, because who told you that? Um, my gym teachers. Exactly. Yeah. What the fuck do they know? They were, like, smoking pot and sleeping with students. I guarantee. Gross. <laughs> I'm serious. We legit had that kind of gym student in my high school. I am thinking about my gym teachers doing that, and they were so yucky. Yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, your teachers didn't know anything. I mean, they did, but they didn't. Does that make sense? Like, Right. Like, your te- like you think about it like, well, okay, so I don't want to dog on all teachers. Let me just retract that your teachers don't know anything. But there are lots of people who seek out teaching positions who are kind of blocked in their own lives, and then they they shit on their students, essentially. Does that make sense? For those who can't do, teach. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's truly, that's, like, true across the board. I mean, I, I will say that that teaching method specifically was not right. Right. So. Like, being negative towards a student and being like, you're not... Basically telling him you're not enough. And I think I wasn't also pushing myself. Like, why yeah, would I, I want to like push myself? Yeah, high schooler. Like, yeah. Come on. Who pushes them? I mean, there are the select few. Yeah. But, like, your job is to, like, go through puberty when you're a teenager, and that's it. I love the internet. <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh, my God. That's right. We haven't even gotten into your Harry Potter obsession. <laughs> I love Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm always, like, I know that there's, like, Quidditch teams and shit now. Yeah. Like, what? I was, I'm, I was a little too old for the Harry Potters. All right. Do you, have you never read them? I never read them. <gasps> I know. I'm going to give you the books. Okay. Give them to me. I'll read them if you give them to me. Okay. Um, no, I never read them. I saw, like, the first movie, and that's it, I think. Okay. Yeah. Like, so I have a sense of, like, what it is. I'm going to bring it tonight. Okay. I'll see you there. You have to make it through the first book because it's not great. Oh, really? Because she was just... Well, J.K. Rowling was probably just getting her, like, mm-hmm. training wheels off as a yeah. writer. God bless. I mean, that's the thing. We all have to, like, let the ugly... We're staring at my ugly painting right now that I made. <laughs> Did you ever make bad art? Do you, like... You made bad art, right? I'm sure. Yeah. I did. Yeah. But I don't look at it anymore. Oh, I'm staring at mine right now. I put it up for a reason. <laughs> I don't... I um, I have pieces that I look at now and I'm like, oh, the perspective on this is off and mm-hmm. things like that, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, was, I don't paint, but I went to a paint night this weekend, week. Yeah. And I was just like, 
I'm just here to play with paint. Like, yeah, I don't think you need. I don't have to be good at everything. No, you don't need to be good at painting. Like, one doesn't need to be good at painting t- to paint. No. I I painted this piece for above my couch on the day, on the anniversary of my dad's death. Mm. So, uh, it was very large and it, and I saw, I saw like an inspiration photo and I wanted to just paint this like abstract blue thing. And I'm not an abstract painter. I don't. Uh, that's not usually what I like to do. I should right. say I, I can be an abstract painter. I can mm-hmm. be whatever the fuck I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I painted it and I wasn't sure how I felt about it. My boyfriend said he really liked it. We hung it up. It's still there. Mm-hmm. I took a photo of it and I posted it on Instagram. I took a photo of it in my like yellow couch and my living room that looks like a fucking catalog. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine who we bought the couch from posted it on their Instagram. Oh. And she said that she loves the yellow couch and its new home. And then somebody commented, I love the painting. How much is it? <gasps> and I was like, oh, validation. Oh, <laughs> my God. But, like, this is what I love about art. <laughs> it was so funny because I made it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, like... It looks kind of like this. Uh, well, my painting is now for sale for $3,000. <laughs> I'll post all. a link to it on Etsy. I mean, I feel like it's cute. It evokes a lot of emotion. I think I would do it like this. This feels Ooh. too oceanic. Ooh. Well, it was an ocean, actually. So oh. I went to a Bob Ross and Rosé at the Martin. That's such a cute... Which is a place and a space here in Chicago where they're doing really cool, fun stuff. And this... So I followed, here's the fun thing about this, is mm-hmm. I followed the directions the whole time. And the product, like what the product that I got, I didn't like. And so I just went over it and did my own thing and added my own colors that weren't like initially oh. suggested. And then it turned out like this. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of pretty. Like, it's fine. Should we critique it? Go ahead. Yeah, we'll, we'll link, I'll take a picture of it linked. <laughs> Go ahead, link. Yeah. Critique my Bob Ross uh, drunk. And I was a little stoned, too. Nice. Yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. So. Use your art history. <laughs> I like the movement and the texture mm-hmm. and the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like what's missing from it okay. is more layers. I think you could go deeper. Ooh. I think you could add more texture and be really specific with the texture. Mm. So there's a lot of white. And mm-hmm. lighter tones go deeper with the mm. color. Give it more, so deeper colors like this and this Ooh, and this yeah. and this. I see what you're like saying. More of it, I think that'll give it more of a yeah, nice little depth. And if you actually have a specific horizon, Ooh. you could keep it so it actually looks a little bit more oceanic. But this is my favorite part because. It feels more real because if Ooh. the sky were doing this, it would mm-hmm. be darker. Yes, thank you. I love it. That's the. I think fir- we just need to add more. Yeah, you know what? That's really funny because I am very much a more is more person, Same. and sometimes I have to really like pull things back. Yeah, and be like, okay, you have to stop now. Yeah, <laughs> it's done. Or like, don't you think- don't need to add this extra layer to like the sketch. Yeah. Like, that's fun to get a, a critique and be like, no, you need to have more because I'm always... <laughs> I mean... 
But we had a great time making some paintings. Yeah. It just didn't have to be good. No, and it's... it's and now like I'm going to sell it for $3,000. Perfect. Great. But I love that story about you painting something kind of from an emotional space, just kind of for you. Yeah. And then somebody on Instagram is like, how much is it? Yeah. I, how much would they have to pay you to get it? They can have it. My cat walked on it. Well, that's what makes it fucking cool. I um, I don't know how much I would sell a piece. I I don't sell... Uh, pieces that you... Not art like that. Yeah. I sell, like, physical pieces that I've made before. I mean, I've made hats, and I've sold them for $500. <gasps> I've made... Really? Yeah. <laughs> but I just... I mean, those are works of art, though. They are. The dean of my college wore my hat to graduation. <gasps> wow. Have I told you that before? No. Yeah, it was a very proud moment. I, I was going to say, were you as proud of the, as a peacock? Did you see what I did there? I did. Because peacock did. feathers were often used a lot in hats. Mm-hmm. They were. The I just listened to the whole This American Life about hats. Oh, really? And feathers. Yes. Like, uh, we're not going to get into that right now. No. Let's go back to art. De- your dean wearing your hat at oh, graduation. Yeah. Were you? Did, did you know that they were going to do that? Um. Well, she wanted to buy my hat, and... I don't know if she told me she was going to wear it to graduation or not. Did you sell it to her for the exact amount of your tuition? (laughs) (laughs) If we traded. (laughs) Like, you give me my diploma, and I'll give you this hat. Yeah. Uh, This hat is worth (laughs) $60,000. Way more than that, she says. Way more. I don't know. It's obvious. I went to school in the aught, so, like, I don't even know how much college costs. Uh, Tuition with Ruben... Board. There was no board, by the way. There yeah. was just room at AIC. Yeah, yeah. At that time, it was at least forty-seven thousand dollars a year, and I went for four years, so it's over two hundred thousand. You, what? Yeah. So eighteen years old, sign on the dotted line. Yeah. What's your routine? You ever like a daily practice or a routine? I love. My routine revolves around coffee, though. Oh, honey. Yeah. Me too. I don't... Coffee is so important to me. So... And, like... Because you'll hear a lot of people in, like, the spiritual community talk about their tea rituals. And yeah, I'm like, no, bitch. Ritual. Give me that motherfucking, like, Arabica. Or did I say that wrong? Arabica. The beans. Yeah. What are they called? Arabica? Arabica. <laughs> How? Because you've said it's... A... I think it, the rosé, like... Arabica? T- Arabica. God. Like, the rosé tied my tongue. Um, mine is deeply rooted in my coffee. Do go on. I, I wake up... And I go and make my coffee. I wrote the instructions to my coffee maker down for you because that's how. Yeah, you did. It was helpful. I'm not going to lie. It was very helpful. So it takes 10 minutes for the coffee to brew. So Mm -hmm. normally I go to the bathroom and I wash my face Mm -hmm. and brush my teeth and do all of that. And then I have coffee with my boyfriend every morning. And I just really like having that quiet space in the morning mm-hmm. and then I go and make the bed and you make the bed mm-hmm. that's a big thing for a lot of people I also think the space with with or without somebody I think is super important because it's taking a little bit of ownership over your day mm-hmm. as opposed to like waking up and like immediately hitting the ground running and yeah and serving others and like getting like kind of run around by the nose with emails and shit like that. Right. That sense. There's, there's been a couple of days that, or like yesterday, 
I had to move my car because they're doing construction in front of the mm-hmm. house. So I mm-hmm. didn't get to fully enjoy my morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the bed wasn't made. Yeah. Um, so I sort of reclaimed that later in the day mm-hmm. and I went home early. But you're I, like kind of fucking off. Yeah, all day. it was. I know. I was, I was very off. And yeah. then I had to schedule an hour in the middle of the day mm-hmm. so I could just go home and like make the bed. And do your shower, co- yeah, and do the coffee, and yeah. like I ended up buying coffee because like yeah. I can't function without it. No, I get a massive headache and I turn into a raging bitch. So I think I just enjoy it too much. Honestly, yeah. I don't know how much it would affect me if I didn't have it. I've had it happen, so you don't want to see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because when I quit smoking, I started drinking coffee. Oh. So I like traded one addiction for right kind of another or stimulant, if you will. Yeah. And um, so I kind of, like, don't really function well without it. Right. And I'm, like, a lot of people are like, oh, coffee, it's so bad for you. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm Give like, me my one vice. That's exact. I'm constantly yelling for, just let me have my one. I've, like, eliminated toxic men. I've eliminated, you know, all this other shit from my life. Yeah. Let me have my goddamn coffee. And then I do. Yeah, so I do. It's my thing, and it's a part of my morning. And that's why I don't feel guilty about going to coffee shops anymore and buying myself coffee. I have eliminated most of the carbs for my life. I've eliminated sugar. I've eliminated alcohol 90% of the time. I've eliminated uh, sugary beverages. Mm-hmm. I have coffee. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to buy expensive coffee. Pry it from my cold, dead, cold brew dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> So, where can people find you on the internet? You can follow us on Lost Girls Vintage and you're on Instagram. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And our website is lostgirlschicago.com. Mm-hmm. And then what about your own? Oh, my personal one. Yeah. Um, you can follow my health journey uh-huh. and my normal life on uh, Instagram. It's Lost Girl Sarah. And that's it. And then you also do night markets at the Roby. Oh, uh, yeah. That's monthly, monthly thing, right? Monthly night markets uh, until winter. Okay, so the next one, because tonight's the next one, but this will post on Wednesday. So the next one will be... September. It's the last Thursday of every month. Okay. And the theme for September is pumpkin spice. <gasps> oh my God, it's so basic. I can't wait to go. I think that's exactly how everyone feels. I can't. Like, I'm like super... What's tonight's theme? Uh, back to school. Oh, good. I'm going to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going back to school. All, <laughs> we all should go back to school. I love it. Except don't actually go back to school. Yeah. Or go, teach, teach yourself stuff. <laughs> the go on the internet. Go on Skillshare. Go download some podcasts. Well. Don't, don't spend more money. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, of course. And, you know. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. Well, potty. Potty. I wish you could see her face. <laughs> It's been six years, and I still can't say it with a straight face. I'm from New England. You're not supposed to say it with a straight face. Potty. 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 Bye. Bye. Well, that's it, folks. Episode music by Linen Bone at soundandpatternsmusic.com. Podcast art by Jessica Savage. Editing and mixing by yours truly. And to find out more, visit lifeofthepotty.com. Thanks for listening, and as my dad would say, talk at you later.